For those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace. From God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. Word of God upon which we base our message on this 19th Sunday after Pentecost is the gospel for this day. You heard it read before from Luke chapter 16. I recall just these words. Abraham answered him, if they won't listen to Moses' teachings and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone comes back to life. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who died and who rose and will come again to take us to be with him, with all the riches of heaven, my beloved. The farmers of our nation and perhaps the farmers of the whole world have a motto, never put off today. Never put off until tomorrow what you should be doing today. Farmers live their lives by that. Never put off until tomorrow what you can do today because if they they realize if they don't make hay while the sun shines, then tomorrow could bring rain and ruin all their schedules for their planting and harvesting. And yet procrastination or the disease of putting things off, enters all of our lives. Sometimes students put off preparing their daily assignments. And so, up oh, all of a sudden the test, the examination comes, and then they have to cram. There are many tasks in life which take a little bit of effort, maybe a lot of effort, and so we tend to put them off. Like... Cleaning the bathroom, washing the windows, pulling weeds, cleaning the house, mowing the lawn, planning for our funeral, our appointment with Jesus. The words before us this morning, the words of Jesus, talk about a man who procrastinated until it was too late. This is the familiar story, perhaps to many of us, of the rich man and poor Lazarus. Jesus tells us that the rich man got into the habit of pushing God into the background of his life. And after this man found himself in hell because of his unbelief, then he tried to offer two requests for mercy. But then it was too late. And so Jesus encourages us, ask for mercy now before it's too late. First of all, ask for mercy for yourself Jesus tells us that that, that the rich man kept putting things off until it was too late. One day the the beggar died and the angels carried him to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. He went to hell where he was constantly tortured. Because of his unbelief, he was burning in the torturing flames of hell. 
And it was from those flames that he looked up and he could see Lazarus in heaven. And he asked Abraham if he couldn't please send Lazarus to him just to dip a little, uh, his finger in a tip of finger into water, put it on his tongue to, to relieve him from some of the pain. Abraham answered, remember, my child, that you had a life filled with good times while Lazarus' life was filled with misery. Now he has peace here while you suffer. You take a look at that bulletin cover for this morning. What a terrible situation. Here was this homeless guy, this Lazarus, very poor, and he was just placed at the doorway of this rich man. And you can see it looks like one of the the rich man's uh, uh, house caretakers was actually trying to beat Lazarus to make him go away. All Lazarus wanted to do was pick in the garbage to find some tidbits. During his lifetime, the rich man had no worries. He had his money, he had his friends, he had security. But he didn't have any time for religion. During his lifetime, in his unbelief, perhaps he even doubted the existence of God or the existence of heaven and hell. But now that he was in hell, now he knew that God was real, and now he knew that hell was all too real. So he pleaded that Lazarus could please come to him and show him some mercy. Abraham answered, can't happen. Besides, a wide area separates us. People couldn't cross it in either direction, even if they wanted to. No one is able, after death and judgment, to pass from one place, heaven, to hell, hell, to heaven. Obviously, we know that there are some Christian religions that teach, uh, you know, once you, you die, if you're not good enough, then you go to purgatory, sort of a stepping stone to heaven. Oh, no. Scripture says that it's set for a person once to die, and after that, the judgment. The matter of fact is, that the children of God, the believers in Jesus Christ, will be in heaven. And the unbelievers will be in hell. So you can see that there was no way for this rich man's plea to be answered. Well, next, the rich man thought that if he couldn't find mercy for himself, maybe he could find mercy for his brothers who were still on earth. They apparently were unbelievers too. Perhaps if Lazarus could go back, Abraham, come back from the dead, he could scare his brothers into unbelief. I mean, just imagine that a cadaver, all of a sudden your brother or or a dead man knocking on your door. Why, certainly they would have to believe. Just suppose if that had happened, if Lazarus had come back to life, you know, and scared those brothers into believing. Eventually, Lazarus would have to die again, you know. So what Abraham said was, that was no lasting witness regarding the truth. If your brothers want lasting witness about God and mercy and forgiveness, let them read the Bible. That's what they called Moses' teachings and the prophets back then. That's all they need. And so the rich man's second request for mercy was denied. God doesn't scare people into believing. God invites us to faith in Jesus Christ through his love letter in the Bible. God doesn't scare people by raising the, by, with dead people. 
Actually, God invites people to believe in the Savior, a living Savior who rose from the dead and promises us everlasting life. But the rich man's requests went unanswered because he procrastinated until it was too late. And so he did not receive any relief from his suffering in hell, and he didn't have anybody go and talk to his brothers. He asked too late. If we want to have our requests for mercy answered, then God says, make them right now, here in time. Maybe you've heard me say it before, but when it comes to the matter of our salvation, I'm very selfish. I come first. And I hope you feel that way too, because I can preach to you every Sunday and get all of you through God's word to heaven. But if I don't care, take care of my own faith and I un, end up in hell, what's it all worth? When it comes to my faith, I come first. I need that word. I need it all the time. How do you go about asking God for mercy anyway? Well, King David put it a, a very nice way in Psalm 51. He said, have pity on me, O God, in keeping with your mercy, in keeping with your unlimited compassion. Wipe out my rebellious acts. You know, we do that every time we come to church on Sunday. I don't know if you notice that. Every service always starts out with confession, where we admit to our God we have sinned against you in many different ways. We confess different ones every Sunday. That's the first part of asking God for mercy. The second part is recognizing that for our bad actions or the things that we should have do that, do that we didn't do, we deserve God's punishment forever in hell. And the third part is to recognize that Jesus died for us on the cross to take away all of our sins. They're all forgiven and we have eternal life. We don't need Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in some water. We have a Savior from hell right now. Christ has come, and he's all the help we will ever need. The Lord has had mercy upon us. And you see, that kind of mercy relieves us of our pain right now. The mercy of The forgiveness through Jesus Christ relieves us of the pain of anxiety of not knowing where you're going when you die. You do. We just had to review that this last week in catechism class. Where are you going when you die? I don't really know. Yes, you do. Because Jesus died for you and called you to be his child. Heaven is yours forever. No doubt about it. By Jesus' stripes. We are healed. I don't know if you ever thought about it this way, but whether you are rich or whether you are poor, when we die, each one of us will stand before our Savior as a beggar. The good news is that Jesus Christ makes us beggars rich. St. Paul says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. None of us is worthy to ask 
or to inherit anything from our God, not the rich man, not Lazarus, not you or me. There is only one who is worthy of the riches before God. Revelation says, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. It was Jesus who was worthy to inherit the riches of heaven, which he owned in the beginning anyway, but he shares all his inheritance with the poor. The sinful beggars, you and me, who look to him in faith now. It's in the Christian church that God makes beggars rich. Not at the bank, not at the mall, Right here in God's house, we find true prosperity. So when you get down, and times are really tough, and we live in fear, and we weep, and and we cry, and we worry, then Jesus says, don't look down, look up! Because all the treasures await you there in heaven. I shed my blood for you so that you might have my robe of righteousness. The days of hurting, the days of doubt, they're almost over. The feasting and the friendship of all the things in heaven are almost here. Keep praying, keep waiting. And while you do so, love your rich neighbors Care for your poor neighbors, because Jesus says, I'll help you forever. And so there it stands, Jesus' invitation. He invites us, and so we come, not procrastinating, but we come week after week after week, we come. And as we come, we become as rich as Lazarus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus, amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.